Hi, folks. Chris Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com and bookauthorpodcast.com. Uh, you're going to be seeing this uh, uh, show featured on a few of our different podcasts at thecbpn.com, chrisvosspodcast.com. Go there. You can subscribe to online podcasts that we have and also go to youtube.com forward slash Chris Voss. You can see the video version of this uh, on YouTube and uh, Maybe you like that better than listening to the audio, but we certainly appreciate all of our subscribers and everything. Be sure to refer the show to your friends, neighbors, relatives, and all that good stuff. Today, we have a very interesting gentleman on the show. Uh, his name is Tim Patterson, and he goes by Trade Show Guy, and he's written uh, an author of two books and a third one that he's working on. Welcome to the show, Tim. Chris, thanks. Uh, appreciate you having me here. It's great to, to be able to spend some time with you. Awesome sauce. I was interested in having you on the show because I tripped across you, I think, on a Facebook comment or something like that. Social media works, huh? Social media works. It's made a million connections in my life, I'm telling you. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Serendipity. We love serendipity. Um, And I was like, trade show guy. And I'm I'm a guy who's done a lot of trade shows uh, with a podcast. We go interview a lot of our uh, people that we do review products for and, and, and clients and stuff and promote them on our channels. And you're a gentleman who does some different things with trade shows as well. Give us your .com so people can look that up as we're chit-chatting. Well, I got a bunch of them, but the main one, I've kind of built this hub about six months ago called tradeshowguy.net. That's probably the best place to find everything. I got a couple of books there. You can get free chapters or download a digital copy. You can go to our exhibit place. You can uh, go to our webinar site and just a bunch of stuff there. Uh, tradeshowguy.net would be the starting place. Tradeshowguy.net. And what do you, what do you do? Give us a bio rundown of what you do there. Well, I, uh, I I stumbled into radio when I was 19. I did that for 25 years. The radio changed. I'm giving you the really short version. Uh, I got into this industry, which I really didn't even know existed in 2002 when I got hired uh, as VP of sales and marketing at a small company here in Salem, Oregon. Uh, they had an interpretive exhibit, which is different than trade show exhibits. Imagine going like to a visitor center at a dam or something like that. Mm-hmm. Someone has to design and build it. That's an interpretive exhibit. Same skills and same design set can do trade show stuff. And they didn't do much of that. That wasn't their world. And they kind of brought me into, uh, they taught me the world. They said, you know, uh, you're not really a sales guy, but we can teach you how the, 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 the industry works. And so I slowly made my way. The first, I think, uh, uh, exhibit I sold was at uh, Kettle Foods. You may have heard of Kettle Chips, yeah. uh, a great one. From there, we went to like Nancy's Yogurt and Schmidt's and Bob's Red Mill. There was a bunch of natural product stuff. And so... That company closed down in 2011 when the owner said, you know, I'm done with this. I'm retiring. And so I took a handful of clients and started my own company, uh, Trade Show Guy Exhibits, doing essentially the same thing, although I don't do any interpretive stuff uh, or signage, <laughs> a lot of that stuff, so, uh, mainly because corporate uh, work is actually a quicker turnaround and there's a bigger margin, frankly. So yeah, is that's what I've been doing for nine years, yeah. That's awesome sauce. And so you you basically help trade shows. Like if I'm a company yes. and I want to go to a trade show and I need help uh, setting up the booth, the exhibits, design, um, is, is that what I'm uh, understanding? That's correctly? exactly right. Uh, yeah, I'll give you a good example. This is pretty typical. Uh, I reached out to a, a potential client, uh, let's just say Schmidt's Naturals. This is about five years ago. They were looking for a new booth. They were kind of growing. A lot of the companies I work with, they're kind of in that growth mode. I don't know why it works, but it really does. They're, they've had like a couple of banner stands and maybe a table cover and a couple of brochures. But they say, we really want a, a bigger, better presence there. And so they, they're deciding to invest money in it. And 
And then they said, so they get something that's designed that, that does fits their brand really well. That uh, is, is a kind of stepping uh, through a comfort zone in a sense, because everything they had up to that point, they could ship on an airplane or take it with them and set it up. But now they need something that's in a crate. They got to hire people to set it up. And, and that's something they aren't used to navigating. Uh, but that's the stuff that we've been doing for a long time. So we, we, um, you know, work with the people that set up the booth. We work with the designers and fabricators. Uh, it, you know, I think it's probably in the last 10 or 15 years, there's a lot of people like me that kind of work out of their homes, but they subcontract everything out. And once you know all those people in, in that industry, it's great to just say, you know, I need a designer that does X. I need a fabricator that does Y. And so you put these people together, you build a package and uh, you show them a the design and the client says, great, we're off and running. Um, and then you just kind of manage the project. Sometimes you store the exhibit. Uh, a lot of companies don't have storage space. Others oh, do. Wow. Um, and then they, they have a uh, need to have it shipped and set up. They do three or four shows a year or maybe one big show a year or two big shows. And so they need someone to handle all of that it, because it's kind of moved out of the we store it in the closet down the hall with the banner stands <laughs> to we've got a really nice professional exhibit that shows off our brand. Um, and, and it is, it, it's, it's more expensive certainly than the banner stands and stuff, but it really pays off. I've, I've had the one client, we did a, a 20 by 20 custom designed Island booth for, and after the show is over, I, I, I uh, talked to her and said, so how'd that go? And she says, we tripled our leads with that booth. We just, we just did an amazing job. People were, were just really amazed at exactly how the thing uh, turned out. So that's the kind of work that we do. Uh, I, I write books to kind of show people what what uh, what my skill is and, and give them a sense of uh, how the industry works because a lot of people get into it and just aren't, aren't are unsure of a few parts of that. So as I was when I got into it. <laughs> well, let's feature those two books. Can you hold those two books up so we can? Yeah. So the first and... one is called Trade Show Success: uh, Fourteen Proven Steps to Take Your Trade Show Marketing to the Next Level. Just kind of outlines step uh, one through you know fourteen, basically. Uh, you know, where do you go? How much uh, the budgeting? How do you get ready for the show? Are you going to the right shows? Uh, you know, and then the booth itself and on and on. There's some chapters about pre-show marketing, social media, uh, following up, keeping records. You got all these leads. Now what you do? You know, here's an amazing statistic I heard when I first got into the industry. And it still is true. Eight out of 10 leads that are collected at trade shows are never followed up on. They never are. I can tell you that. Oh my God. And you know why? Because... Uh, the leads aren't vetted correctly and they aren't, they aren't taken care of correctly. Um, mm -hmm. you, you know, the people will come back from a trade show and say, I got these, uh, this, all these cars I got in the fishbowl. And so the salespeople start calling and, and no one really remembers being at the show or the, dropping a card in the fishbowl. So there's a, there's a process to collecting leads that makes them work and then following up, of course. But the other book I wrote, I've been blogging about the industry for, uh, about 11 years now, and I have a book called Trade Show Superheroes and Exhibiting Zombies, 66 <laughs> Lists, Making the Most of Your Trade Show Marketing. And so what I did is, uh, this was in 2018, I put this out, and, and I just went through and found all the lists in my blog. I kind of edited them down and put them together, you know, 10 things to look for in competitors' trade show booths. So your trade show visitors wants these six things from you, nine quirky interactive things to do at trade shows. That's kind of what this book is about. And they're on Amazon. I just self-published them through their uh, publishing arm. So that's the books, and that's kind of who I am and what I do. So there you go, guys. You can find the books on yep. Amazon. Just search for Tim Patterson, and you can yep. find a link, of course, to his website on the com or any one of the other podcast sites that this is going to appear on. I think it's going to be three. Um, 
so I, I think this is pretty cool. So the zombies things is kind of funny to me <laughs> because I think it's great. You have these wonderful ideas to people. And of course I've seen the zombies. That's what the funny part is. Cause I'm thinking yes. of all the booths that I've seen that I, I go to and they're empty. And like, I don't know if, if it's the, well, the boss is away, the employees play. Cause you know, a lot of times the ones I go to are in Vegas. So you're like, right. well, they're probably <laughs> at the strip club. Um, but I, I kind of like those booths actually because you can never find seats at shows, right? They don't want you sitting; they want you moving. They want you moving. So they want you talking. A, they want you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm a big fat old man, and we do about ten to fifteen interviews a day uh, during the show, and so I love zombie booths because I go sit in them. Then people start <laughs> coming by and going, "So what your product is?" I'm like, "Dude, I'm just I'm just sitting here because, like, like literally they'll they'll do this thing like." they'll have this and usually it's cheap booths, but they'll have this thing where they'll lay the cards out or the things out. Uh, one of the other big zombie things that I always see is I, I have this, I have this PR agent and I love PR agents, but they'll be pestering me for like ever to come see their freaking booth. And I'm just right. like, finally, I'm just like, you know, and they, they send us stuff sometimes. So we're like, okay, you know, we'll come see the booth <clears throat> and make sure you ask for me and we show up and they're gone. And they're like, right. where's your PR agent? And like either people in the booth don't know the PR agents there, which is kind of funny too. They're like, do we have a PR agent? You're like, what the fuck are you people doing here? (laughs) And, and then other times, you know, they go find the PR agent uh, or, or they're like, we haven't seen the PR agent. We know. And the PR agent, of course, the strip club, Um, but, uh, or at the bar, I suppose, I don't know, or walking around trying to get new clients. But I, those are some of the funniest things that I've seen at, at uh, well, I don't know if they're the funniest thing. I've seen some weird stuff. I'm sure you've got some stories. Well, yeah. They, I mean, the, the people that, uh, the body language is, we talk to people about body language in a, in a, in a booth, you know, when you're walking up to a booth, the, the biggest thing that turns people off is food. If you're eating in the booth, people don't want to come and oh, watch yeah. you eat, Dude. you know? Yeah. The other thing is like, if people have their arms closed, mm-hmm. that's like, stay away, you yeah. know? And so there's the, for a trade show to be successful. And of course there's tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars that go into these booths. You know, you go to the uh, uh, natural products expo West, one of my clients pays uh, six figures for the space alone before they do anything else Mm -hmm. just for the space. And so it's pretty astonishing how much money is invested in these. And so, it's easy to, to go to the show and not get much back for it. But it's also, if you know what you're doing, it's the best place to put your marketing dollar. Because if you know what you're doing and your, your, your brand is well represented and the products are right and you've got a staff that knows what they're doing, you can really kill it because you've got a really focused audience that can come to your booth and you can talk to them. It's a whole lot cheaper than going to all of those various places throughout the country and talking to them in person. They're coming to see you. So I think it's a Mm -hmm. mindset and it's planning. That's really what it boils down to. And that's kind of what the books are about. I would think that you would really want to have salespeople in the booth because you're right. I've seen that with the blocking and the, the person who's like, they're just, they're just some person who's not a people person and you know, some boss, back east went just send all those guys to the thing and tell them you know <laughs> sometimes they're the engineers who designed it they're not people 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 uh people most times um and you know and i you know i i would think you know like like you say the follow-up is abysmal like i've left my cards in the thing i've given i've handed my cards to the to the pr agent i've handed my cards to when the pr agent's not there and said can you give this to your pr agent follow-up is nearly abysmal 
It um, really is. Yeah. And I, yeah. I don't understand that, you know, as far as sending salespeople, I'm sure some of them are good, but some salespeople are not the people to be at yeah. the show. Sometimes it's your receptionist who's really bubbly and outgoing and is informed about what's going on in, in the, in the company. She might be, or he might be better than some of the salespeople. So I think it's, 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 uh, there's no wrong answers, but yeah. it's just kind of like figuring out who is best it can interact with those people. And sometimes you have too many people. Sometimes you have not enough. And so scheduling is an issue. There's just a lot of moving parts. And, and, I'll, shows. Um, yeah. and I'll be controversial here. I love booth babes. And I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what your position is. It did, well, I... I th- well, sure. I can't, we we got to love them, right? Yeah, love them. Um, yeah. and, they, and they work hard at it. I yeah. think that in this day and age, uh, in most cases, it just doesn't go over well. Uh, and it depends on the show. Is it a car show? It does depend on is the it, show, yeah. In the show, you know, if you're going to the XXX show where they're, they're hawking all that stuff, you, those are required, right? Yeah. Um, but there are some shows where I think they fit better than others. I think in some countries mm-hmm. in this day and age, they go better uh, mm-hmm. over better than others. In some locations, Vegas might be more appropriate than uh you know seattle or san francisco or, or anaheim so and, it, and again it depends on the show and it also depends on the exhibitor does the exhibitor want to give that Im, uh, that impression yeah. or that as part of their brand yeah. part of their image um i think it's a tough uh, tough decision bring to up a make. good point the the thing i love about and and i'm a little prejudiced to vegas because i live there but i i know a lot of booth babes um who, you know, and they're, you know, that's what they do, but they have scaled it back to where they're not dressing so provocative now. Yeah. Um, they're, they're trying to keep it professional, but it, I mean, some of these girls are just, they're just sexy as it is. Um, but the girls, I, you know, I'll give a plug to the girls that are the booth babes nowadays. I mean, they, with the curtailing of the sexiness and the outfits that were a little too revealing, I mean, it did get crazy there. Yeah. Um, but now those guys are real professionals. Those they, girls. they work hard and they know what they're, they're doing. real I salespeople. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen booth babes that don't know shit about the product. Um, be better salespeople for the product and better things than the things they have high energy. They know they're on a, they know they're on a short term clock. They know they got to do the thing. They, they, they're usually very people oriented people. And you know, they, it's, it's funny. Sometimes they give a crap about the product more than the people talking in the booth. You know, I think the other thing that really is effective at trade shows is, is and again, it depends on the, the booth and the, the client and the product, but hiring a professional presenter that's going to get up there and do three or four presentations an hour. If you have a, a guy who's really entertaining and very informative, you can collect a lot of leads over that, but you got to be prepared as a an exhibitor because you if you get 20 or 30 people you've got to have a lot of people be able to get those people and get information ask them the questions before they zoom off to the next booth you know once yeah. the presentation's mm-hmm. over so there's preparation in that but i've seen uh, presentation uh, experts just really knock it out of the park by by uh, boosting the lead count uh, for for a lot of shows tech shows is where mm-hmm. one place where it really goes over well so what's the best way to do? Is it is it list building? Is it getting people's names and emails from either business cards or maybe having them put their name on a list? I hate I hate the list thing. I mean, I understand the thing of it. I you know I I I go hey good for you for doing that, but making me write my freaking email just makes me kind of mental. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of tough to get emails out of people these days. Ten years ago, not I so tough. I don't mind so, giving it. Like I'll give you yeah. my card with my email on it. But yeah. just writing, like no one writes anymore. Yeah, like, no one writes it, yeah. I don't know if you how your writing's going, but last time I tried to write on something, 
It looked like I was scrawling like a kidnapper <laughs> freaking letter. I know. Suicide like, I have to do what? Wait a minute. What? Yeah, like a, a death threat sort of thing. Like I look like it looked like a serial killer wrote it basically. Well, I think that when it comes to you know making your time at a, at a trade show pay off, I think you really have to know what your objective is. Uh, an example with a uh, at a food show, a natural products. Uh, industry uh, the expo a lot of that is food you're sampling food so you want to know what people like you want to get the samples into their hands uh kettle foods for a long time did uh, a new flavor they'd test two or three flavors every year and they'd have people kind of vote on them by just um, marking an x on a board or just asking the question and so you're getting information back but you're also giving people a chance to to sample uh interactivity in a booth is is I think a, a way to get people to stop. And if you have something that relates to your show, like a demo or something or, or to your uh, product or service, then that also gives uh, you information. So I think it, there's a lot of different ways to do it. And it takes experimentation. You know, yeah. uh, what works this show might not work the next show. Uh, what works in this venue might not work in the next one and, and vice versa. I think it just takes a lot of willingness to try different things instead of just showing up and hoping. And that's and not I, really a plan, a strategy. Definitely. And I, I think I, and it's, I think it's great you have the budget in the book because people really don't think about what they're doing. Like they'll buy, like I'll see at uh, CS, uh, not so much at CS, I'll see that in the cheap area of, of or Eureka Park and CS. But I mean, those guys are low budget. They're, they're, they're just barely able to afford the show and I get it. But I'll see this at other shows or, or small off shows uh, like Pepcom or or um, or other shows where they don't buy a big enough table and they send like four freaking employees and they have a table that's I don't know I've never really measured it but it's like five foot yeah and they're standing in front of this lane of people that and and the four employees or five employees are inundated and they're trying to show the product you can't see the product and. You know, they're inundated by these swag. I, this is a copyrighted term, swag whores. This is my term <laughs> that, I, that I coined. Uh, it's it's going to be it's in my a good book. Term. We'll, it's a, we'll be it's talking about swag whores. And I'm a legitimate reviewer. We've been reviewing for almost 12 years now. We review products. I'm not a swag whore. I'm not looking for free crap. I don't, you know, I like, I like free stuff if it's mailed to me and we review it. But I don't want to have you hand me a box of headphones and, and have me walk around the show with that i'm already dragging a gig bag and mics and cameras and 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 to me it's just it just kind of is unprofessional i mean sometimes i'll take it if it's like really expensive or like you're not sure how soon you can get it shipped to me or if it's really hot like if it's that show hot mm -hmm, right. i know where i want to take it home and be like this is the thing to see at the show maybe we'll take it but it's really got to be something. If it's a, a below $100, I'm probably not going to mess with it. I just don't care. And I'm just not going to carry it around. But one of the challenges I have is I'll come by a booth, and they're being inundated by the swag whores who want some free crap. They're being inundated by, you know, people who uh, I guess they don't have any friends in their life. And so they've decided to have a life conversation with the, <laughs> with the booth dude. And the booth people don't know how to blow the guy off, right? And, and, uh, and so I'll go by and I've got my big Chris Voss show. And every now and then somebody will see the, the Chris Voss show logo, the one you see in the background here. They'll see that on me and they'll be like, oh, shit, that's a guy we need to talk to. You know, they'll recognize me from the show. Yeah. And um, but I try and wander shows incognito. I follow one time I followed uh, uh, Mossberg. I forget his first name 
or yeah, uh, Walter Mossberg, a uh, big reviewer, Apple reviewer and stuff. I followed him around the show and it's kind of interesting to watch how he went around the show. He pretty much stayed in Canito until he saw something that really stuck out to him. <laughs> and then he go talk to people. And then it was funny to stand behind him because anytime somebody figured out who he was, they would have this crap their pants look on their face because they knew who he was. <laughs> right. And it's like, if you muck this, you are, we're, we're screwed. We're just You're screwed. Right. So there's, there's a lot that goes into it and I'm glad you designed it. I'm going to be interested to check out your books and read some of the details and hopefully maybe we can refer you some business. Um, the, um, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of thought that needs to go into trade shows, a lot of ways yeah. you can fail. Um, I'm just amazed. I'm one of the few people that I come home with my business cards after a trade show. And I email everybody. And I know that sounds old world. I know. do the same thing. Yeah. yeah. You and me. I, this is like one show, right? Yeah. So, there you go. Yeah. I, I like back and I, I go through, I make the, the little database and, uh, and give them a shout. And, and you know, that's my follow-up. Um, and I'm not as good as I would like to be. But, you know, you mentioned uh, but the interactivity at a, uh, at a booth and how to, to handle people. It was, you know, like a guy wants to tell you his life story. And that is a skill to be able to, politely disengage because your goal at the show is to find out a if they are a potential customer and b if they are a potential decision maker and see if they have the money for it and d when they're gonna buy once you figure all that out then you want to talk to them but if that doesn't you know doesn't doesn't scan then you just kind of say thank you but i've got to move on over here because we got a lot of people we got to talk to and you and you have to learn how to do that but you're right a lot of people go to shows that don't have that skill and so that kind of hangs things up and i don't know what you do as a as a, a guy walks, sometimes the show I just get, get frustrated ready. and I'll just, if it's something I really want to review, like I'll be like, that product is really cool and we should feature that because it's like the standout product for the show. Or it, it's something that's innovative. Like I look for, like I, I walk by a million booths without even stopping. Right. And even yeah, if they yeah. see me and go, hey, Chris, I'll be like, hey, you, <laughs> gotta, I've seen, you know, you're just a retread. You just put your name on something that somebody designed 13 years ago. I've seen your movie. Um, but uh, uh, I'll, I'll just, sometimes I'll just get frustrated and I'll either walk away and think I'll come back and I never come back or I'll just, I'll just reach in and be an asshole, hand my card to whoever's being <laughs> the, the guy who won't shut up. And I'll just be yeah. like, Hey, Chris Foss, Chris Foss show, review products, uh, get back to us, you know, and then they'll realize that, you know, the, <laughs> the boat's going right by. And, and then I don't know which know. is the worst problem to have, to have a, a booth that, uh, an aisle that's so crowded in front of you, you can't talk to more than one person or an empty aisle. Yeah. <laughs> and we've seen them both. We've seen yeah. them. We've walked down yeah. the, like the backsides of, of big halls and going, where, wait a minute. There's a lot of exhibitors, but uh, half the booths are empty and no one's back here. And sometimes you can't even see the booth because they buy a booth that's so bloody small and they've got yeah. the four employees blocking it. Right. And, yeah. And you're just like, man, you should really buy, I mean, how much extra was it for that extra, you know, booth? I know they're expensive, but you really think about how much you lose and everything. So I think it's great. What are some of the other topics you talk about in your books? Some of the key points that are important? Uh, Well, let me uh, break down some of the the categories of the superheroes uh, and zombies book. I mean, we've got uh, budgeting, (laughs) of course, is a big deal. Uh, Buying an exhibit, you know, how do you get the right exhibit, uh, the Mm -hmm. right size? Sometimes big is not better. Sometimes you need something smaller. Uh, you know, pre-show marketing and activity, I think is very critical and probably one of the more overlooked ones um, we talked about. Um, that one is huge. If you don't mind, if I riff on that, it, that one is really huge pre-show marketing. Um, yeah. A lot of people don't realize how much people like me that are press are looking 
for what's hot and what's good. Now we hate getting inundated with 50,000 fucking emails. Right. right. But, um, we, we, that's how we find what we're doing. And then of course what we do on social media is we watch for what's standing out. So that's really important. I mean, people just think you can just go pop up a booth and be successful. Um, there's those days are over. Yeah. Those days are over. I mean, I've gotten 5,000 emails and I've got 20,000 appointments and oh my God, there's, there's some of these, uh, there's some of these PR agents, they hump my leg for appointments. And if you're not doing that, uh, well, I guess good luck. Yeah. I mean, you've got, of course, social media, you can blast out there. Uh, if you have a newsletter, make sure you mention it to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course there's email, there's snail mail. You can send a postcard or send a, you know, I mean, the old trick is like, this goes back for 20 or 30 years, but the old Michael Jackson trick, you send one glove to a guy that you really want to come up and you, it's a really neat glove. And you, you say, I got the other glove for you. Once you show up at the booth, <laughs> you know, this type of thing. Yeah. We got the review product for you when you show up. Yeah. Oh setting appointments. Uh, I mean, you try and do that. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that booths, uh, they're, you know, shows are crazy and chaotic and it's hard to schedule stuff, but if you can schedule appointments with the, your top prospects and say, I'll have a space for you at four o'clock on Thursday. See you there towards the end of the day. We'll, you know, I'll, we'll have a beer there for you or whatever the case may be. And we'll, we'll chat for half an hour. I think appointments are a big deal. And I'm talking about direct mail. Um, you know, you can obviously do LinkedIn and Instagram and Facebook and things like that, but there's a lot of different things is sending something to somebody, um, gets their attention probably more than anything, uh, especially if it's a substantial thing, whether it's a Michael Jackson glove or something else that, uh, uh, maybe it's just an invitation. I've got a really neat thing if you come by, uh, but you got to bring this card, you know? And so that kind of gives, gives them, uh, puts it on, puts you on their radar more. So. Definitely. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. How do you feel about this? Cause this always bugs me. Everyone wants me to come interview the CEO in the first day or two and then they're gone. And it, it, it can, usually it's like a three or four day show. Right. And they're gone. Like everyone the seems day. to give up like halfway through the second day. Like, and then the third day, everyone's just phoning it in. That's when you find zombie booths. Like people are just like, ah, oh, it's the end of the, it's the third day of the show. It's just, it's treated like a dog. Or, well, yeah, like I think the energy dog. is really high, uh, you know, that opening hour on day one, and mm-hmm. it's pretty high throughout the day. Day two, not bad, depends on if it's a three or four day show. But you're right, towards the end of the second day, it's like, okay, we're having the, uh, we're bringing the kegger to our, um, our, our booth here at the four o'clock, uh, <laughs> you know, on the second day. <laughs> Third day, it's like, hmm, okay, uh, we're going to have this and this and this. But you're right, if it's a four day show, uh, I think National Association of Broadcasters was four days. I went to two days and, and took off. Uh, and then uh, the uh, the Expo West, the natural products, is like three days. Uh, actually, it's four because they got a day before, which is like at a different venue in the hotel nearby, which is smaller for the new hot products. But you're right. It, it can go along. It, it, it's, a, it's a marathon in a sense. Yeah, and I, I really get disappointed because when I do shows, we try and go booth to booth. I mean, I'm, every year, CS, I try and go booth to booth. NAB is a bit more manageable. Um, but uh, I'm really disappointed when I come to booths and they're empty or they're dead. Um, one thing I also don't get is is I'll go to booths and they, they have, they'll have like all this product that they shipped. And I'm like, what are you going to do with that product? And they're like, we're just going to, sh- we're just going to send it back. And I'm just like, yeah. and sometimes they'll shove it at me and it's the third day <laughs> or something. I'll be like, fuck it, whatever. It's the third day. I'll carry it. Um, uh, but it's got to usually be something important, but 
even then, you know, they'll, they're just trying, trying to get rid of stuff. And I'm like, you should just like, just get rid of it. But even then it kind of bugs me that if there's so much that I have going on, like people don't realize, like we'll have private dinners with CEOs. People are launching products at night. There's so much that we have going on at night and meeting with people. I mean, I don't party during shows. I'm, I'm there to work and make money. Yeah. And people don't realize that I can't see as a professional, I can't see everything in the first day or two. And so I'm still wandering the, the third day and people are just kind of give it up. And that's one of the things are. Uh, yeah. Really I, I guess I would shows. observe that, you know, on the third day, fourth day that uh, there's not as many people there. And so that's kind of when I've had some great conversations with yeah. people that have led to business on those days when, when things weren't as busy. And so I think if you're persistent enough as if, if it depends on what your objective is there, my objective is just to meet people. I'm not going to sell at the show because I'm not an exhibitor, but if I'm going to go just meet people at shows and say, Hey, how's it going? What's going on? They'll ask what I do. And you know, my, my badge will usually have the name of a client on. They say, you, you're with, I said, well, we did their booth. And, Mm -hmm. and so that can engender a conversation. Uh, But again, those can come uh, and they're more relaxed uh, once the third or fourth day is underway towards the end of the day. Uh, It's like, it's not as crazy and, and chaotic. And so I tend, if I'm going to a show, generally speaking, I'll stay for the whole show just so I can, make sure that I'm there and uh, keep collecting cards and keep meeting people as, as long as I can. And, and that usually is, there's some payoff in that. And I'd be a mean boss too. I'd be like, <laughs> if you're going to Vegas, man, you're not partying at night. You go back to the hotel, do whatever. I don't know. I don't know if you can even do that, but I, I would be a mean boss. I'm like, I don't want to hear that you're at the strip club. I don't want to hear you hit the bar. Cause I think that's half the reason. Cause I, I've seen the hangover the next morning at the booth. Yeah. And that's yeah. just a horrible sales oh, impression. It's not a good, <laughs> like you're good just, look, yeah. They're just sitting around going, oh, I can't do that anymore. I'm way too old for that. I, you know, and after a walk and I like my, my Fitbit says, you put on seven miles today, dude. So I want to go back and just relax. And Oh, yeah. I have to go really, back yeah. home and crawl into yeah. a, and a fetal ball <laughs> just from all the walking. Yeah. I'm never prepared. So lots of good tips for people to take and uh, do with the show. Um, what, what, any other recommendation you have or advice you have, uh, on, uh, doing great trade shows and and being successful at it? Well, I think, you know, if you have a good team, the right number of team, the people are really, really buy-in. I think the the buy-in is the great, is the the great, you know, decision maker or the great uh, lever that you have when you have a bunch of people in your booth. If they believe in what you're doing and they're part of it, uh, even if they're the the newest employee who's at the lowest on the on the you know ranking versus the CEO, if the CEO is a, is a good guy uh, or or girl, uh, and and everyone buys into the mission, I think that really kind of is a big big part of it. Kind of one of the unspoken things. I I, I should make a list on that. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So. I mean, it's I've gone to booths and people are just melancholy. They're just kind of like, yeah, we got a product here, yeah. you know. We're just phoning it in, and then yeah, some met- people are, ge- are 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 genuinely bubbly and outgoing and yeah. genuine uh, without even trying. And other yeah. people, it's a stretch to get them to smile for anything. You know how people. Are. I mean, it it would almost be, in my opinion, and I'll let you weigh in, but it would almost be better. I I swear to God, some of the companies I've gone to their booths, they've hired like a a sort of guy that you see on the infomercials the high energy boom 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 boom. he's like let me show you the product here we got this product here and this thing is freaking awesome now it does this and this and this and they go they they they, they're fun to listen to and you just get captivated and hypnotized by them you're just like i don't know what you're selling but it sounds really cool i'll buy it now shut up and take my money and i would almost say that a company should hire 
try and see if they can hire somebody like that, either from a talent agency or something, um, as opposed to sending, you know, boring ass employees that uh, <laughs> are just going to be phony. Well, again, phone- it goes back to a, a, a really a, a good professional presenter. I know a number of them. I've seen yeah. them and uh, they, they are, they work hard. Uh, mm-hmm. They get paid well, but they, they know the, the client's product inside and out for that show and what they're pushing. And, and, you know, the best ones have mixed some sort of entertainment in with them, whether it's magic mm-hmm. or uh, some sort of other entertainment. Uh, that, that way that draws people in, but then they can start tying in the, the clients, you know, this software does this and this and this and, and whatever. And, and that, again, it's worth hiring those people for because you're just, they're just going to pay off. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, I think what a lot of people don't think about is that it is a sales, you know, it is, sales, it yeah. is a sales yeah. moment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've got people that are selling your product, your brand, your brand building. I mean, even if you're not selling product right on the spot, you're you're building a brand, you're building a memory. Those are the companies I come back from and I go, wow, who do, who really stuck out of the show with me? And yeah. the people that were the high energy that had the, sometimes their products weren't that interesting, but they made them interesting. I mean, that's the, that's the great thing about, you know, the guy who sells, what's that seal thing? You know, the guy who sells the sealer on TV. Oh, yeah. You see, like you always remember those commercials. I didn't, I have no use for that product whatsoever, but if I ever right. need seal crap, I'm going to go buy that seal crap. But right. I know that brand. I know that dude is high energy. They're entertaining and everything else. And so I think it's real important that, and I, I imagine in your experience to a lot of companies, if they don't do a show right and it's, they don't take responsibility for maybe where they failed or they haven't gotten educated with buying your books and reading them. Um, but then they scale back and they go, well, we really didn't see a big return on investment. It's like, yeah. And I've heard I can that give before. You a number of examples of clients that I've worked with who uh, kettle uh, foods is one example. They uh, were going, they, they got bought like three times during the time and bought and sold three times during the time I worked with them. And at one point they looked at their budget and said, we're spending the new owners and we're spending that much. <laughs> and so they pulled back for a year. And it took them another year or two. They came back with a smaller presence. Now, of course, uh, a few years after that, they're back with a big presence. But they had to reevaluate everything. That's one example. I've had another client that launched products um, at, at the Natural Product Show, got a lot of distributors out of it, got a lot of, uh, uh, you know, worth, worth, you know, it was worth their time to come to, to do that. But after several years, they decided, you know, we aren't getting a whole lot out of this. We're seeing the same people over and over. And they pulled back trade show marketing, didn't work for them to the extent that it did earlier. And it wasn't the most important thing. They had other avenues of, of marketing. So I think there's a, a cycle that it could certainly go through. Uh, and I've seen it a number of times. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, I think if anything, you, you know, marketing is so important. Sales is so important, especially right now. You know, what's going to go on. These shows are, uh, you know, like I said, I've got bets going with people as to what shows are going to be running in the near future. CS yeah. included, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, of course, uh, am pretty 100% sure CS is going to go on. Gary Shapiro is announced. That's January, right? Early January. That's in January. And I think in January, we'll have a lot of testing. We're going to have a lot of, you know, we're going to have a lot of PPE. We're going to have a lot of different things. In fact, I went to the store the other day and found that they're they're selling now the the big 95 mask. You can buy like a giant. uh, And you can buy toilet paper now at the stores, too. Yeah, you can buy toilet paper. (laughs) Toilet paper is good, I hear. Um, Not for masks, but, you know. 
<laughs> there you go. But yeah, the masks were expensive. Holy crap. But I think we're going to have all that. Hopefully maybe we'll have a vaccine or maybe we'll have some sort of uh, way to cripple the virus by then. I'll keep my fingers crossed. But it looks like these shows will go on and, and they might have some social distancing to them still, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, putting, putting, and, and the other big, the, the reason for the bet is people that I bet are going, well, people aren't going to be spending on marketing. And I'm like, that's the dumbest thing you can do is, is not spend on marketing Agreed, when you're yeah. down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You gotta let people know you're still there. Yeah. You gotta let people know you're still there. You're still open. You're still in business. I mean, we're still doing that today with the Chris Voss show and our review blog. We're writing people and going, Hey, we're still here. We're still doing stuff because there's so many people going out of business. People don't know anymore. And yeah. no one are, they, are you even in business? Uh, are you even in business? Yeah, right. And to me, honestly, I think if you go to future shows in the next year or so, uh, you're actually going to get a corner on the market. To me, I, I, I could be wrong, but I think if you go to a show and your competitors don't go because they're crippled, and even if you got to spend you know some pennies or borrow some money to get there, I think you're going to stand at the show even more at these future shows because there's going to be less competition showing up for you. I don't know. It, you know, you, it, it's, it's a good observation, a good thought to, to, to ponder. Um, you know, the big one I go to, the Natural Products Expo West, they were going to push the show. Like I, I mentioned, I think, in the green room that uh, I was on the airplane March 2nd. Uh, I had uh, 11 clients there, and by the time I got on the plane, uh, 10 of them had said, we're not going to the show. The mm-hmm. 11th one said, well, we'll be there. And then as I'm sitting on the plane, I got the, the email from uh, the show organizers. We're canceling the show. And then like wow. five minutes later, I got a text from the, the, uh, the last client that said, well, obviously we're not going to be there either. But I went down there and they, I had like, I don't know, five clients that had all their stuff delivered to their booth and I had to help coordinate shipping out. and that. So I made a week out of it. I made a mini vacation out of it. But <laughs> they said at the time, um, you know, we're going to do this in June or July. And then they said, well, we're not going to do it at all. And we have, they have a fall one in September in, in mm-hmm. uh, uh, Philadelphia, I think. And now I think they've postponed that or canceled that. And so, you know, you talk to people in the industry, some say, ah, 2021, things will be back to normal. Others say it won't be really till 2022 when everything is back to normal yeah. all the way. And I think that's, you know, obviously the exhibitors want to be comfortable. The attendees want to be comfortable. The organizers got to really weigh all that and, and, and value all those opinions of all those uh, sh- stakeholders to get to get the show even off the ground at this point. But you're right. I think some will go on uh, and we'll see how the like the CES. I'm curious to see how that goes. If that's in January, that's six months away. But again, that's only six months away. And you, it takes that long to plan for it. If you're going to be an attendee uh, or an exhibitor, you got to know what's going on. So, yeah. Yeah. If you're going to invite people to boost to talk to the CEO, make sure the CEO is a people person and knows how to sell. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I met a lot of great CEOs. Most of them are because you don't get to be a CEO without having a big mouth. That's why I have a big mouth. And you got to be, a, you know, some sort of a people person, whether yeah. it's, yeah. whether it's uh, manipulating or, or it's genuine. So, yeah. and, yeah. It, it's, and we've uh, seen both. And I wish they would keep them there for three days. Like they, they bring them there for a day and I guess they have enough of it or something. I don't know. They figure they meet all the core people, but they, it's so compressed in the first day. I just really wish companies would yeah. leave people there for two or three days. There's a lot of times I show up in a booth and I'll be like, I'm going to have to come back later because you guys are overflowed. It's day one. It's crazy <laughs> yeah. stupid. Right. Um, and I can't deal with all your stuff. So 
Well, everyone should check out your books. Uh, go ahead and hold them up again, Tim, if you yes. get a chance So this there. is Trade Show uh, Superheroes and Exhibiting Zombies. And uh, the other one is Trade Show Success. Trade oh, Show Success. I really recommend if you're doing trade shows to get Tim's books because yeah. I want to see better shows. I want to see better booths, being a consumer of booths, if you will. Um, yeah, they're like 100 pages, 115 pages, quick read, you know, a couple you hours. Go. Read them on the way home from a show or something. <laughs> there you go. The, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, and I want to see people be successful at shows. I mean, I do too. we uh, do a lot yeah. to have them be successful. I love seeing booths. I mean, the crazy booths that I see at CES that are like, I don't know, $10 million or $20 million. Like Same, Samsung yeah. Will come in. Yeah. Just, and that was a big shock when I got in, into the industry. I said, it, "Stuff people spend that much on this stuff? Wow!" Oh yeah, you could buy five houses in my oh, neighborhood yeah. for that. <laughs> I mean, you should see what they spend to to put keynote speakers and the top of keynote yeah. speakers at CES right. and stuff, and uh, it's just crazy. And then South by you see a lot of I think what you would call interactive booths that are really interesting how they display yeah. them and how they go oh the creativity level with booths these days just phenomenal i'm, I'm yeah always it's, impressed yeah it's like insane you look at the money but technically when you're spending that kind of money you make sure you squeeze your dollar out <laughs> yes 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 and work with go. a good team so yeah. well everyone go check out tim patterson's books uh and uh hopefully i'll be bumping him in some future shows now um that would be nice Go to amazon.com check out his book uh what's your website also tim tradeshowguy.net tradeshowguy.net check him out and all that good stuff hire him to get your booth well and then i'll be coming by and going wow tim wow what a great job i want to view your products this is awesome so there you go uh thanks to my audience for tuning in we certainly appreciate you guys being here be sure to go to thecvpn.com or chrisvosspodcastnetwork.com you can see all nine podcasts there from a variety of different shows that will make your brain so big you'll have to go you might have to go have your cranium like extended, like one of those domes put on, like uh, uh, well, the Star Trek brainiacs. Yeah. yeah, the brainiacs. You have the little brain things. You might you might start seeing like little brain vessels coming out of your brain. You'll be that smart, and no one will be able to win an argument with against you. So there you go. That or maybe not. Anyway, guys, we certainly appreciate you guys. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.